We Are Three are three women entrepreneurs, therapists and authors who witness the powerful impact of blending Eastern spiritual practices with Western psychology. They use diverse practices, philosophies, and theoretical perspectives to provide their clients and listeners with opportunities to learn, grow, and heal moving wounds to wellness. With their raw, risky, and real framework, they provide a safe place for relaxation, connection, and a means to let one's guard down. They share their real stories, tips, and practices to tap into healing potential. Please let me introduce the We Are Three trio of Carmen Jelly, Suzanne Rochon, and Natalie LaBelle. Hi, welcome to We Are Three podcast, and this is our fun and light summer series entitled Returning to Real. I am so excited to share with you a conversation that Suzanne and I recently had with Gina Clark, a certified creativity coach. She will share with us in this podcast, in this conversation, her work with left brain creatives and analytical artists like herself and actually probably most of us. She weaves in a Kaizen Muse philosophy, which we will dive into, into this conversation. And Suzanne and I were so just truly um, really taken back by this type of approach because it really aligns well with the therapeutic approaches that we take with our clients and the way we view our world and through the compassionate inquiry lens for example taking the pause and getting curious and mindful and you will see in this conversation how her creative Activity and her methods totally align with uh, our therapeutic modalities. So we are truly excited. Pour a cup of tea, lace up your running shoes, whatever works for you in terms of nourishing your body, mind, and soul, and enjoy the conversation that Suzanne and I had with Gina Clark. everyone and welcome to our We Are Three podcast and specifically our summer series Returning to Real which we are keeping light and fun by interviewing some guests as we explore what returning to real means from our raw risky and real approach that can be both deep and fun as we explore what does it really mean when we shift and move from wounds to wellness and return to real. I love it, Carm, absolutely love it. Um, and you're right, we're keeping it light and fun. Um, so today we're talking about creativity and creativity has probably been one of the most 
fun and interesting topics that we've talked about. And in fact, last year, we was it last summer, maybe the summer before that we actually did an entire podcast on creativity. And it was, it's one of my highlights. And when we did, when we actually, um, yeah. I think we did another podcast where we talked about what our favorite podcasts were. That was the one that stood out for me, because just that whole element of tapping into our authentic selves, which to me is what creativity is. And, and in fact, we've had lots of other conversations about creativity. And it's one of the things that has actually sparked um, our uh, writing um, journey, if you will. And when we started shifting our own, our own perception uh, of you know, in order to do something creative, like write a book, you need to be an expert, and you need to be, you know, really good at it. When we shifted from that to, oh, my gosh, this lights us up. We have, we have things to say, and we know that, that people are going to, to hear it, and what will want to listen to it. That is, was actually what, um, precipitated the shift for us and and in taking the next step so um we are super excited to have our guest today gina clark thank you for being here gina is an artist a writer and a certified kaizen muse creativity coach i hope i said that right the philosophy behind Kaizen Muse is to use small steps, mindfulness, and intuition to gradually build creative momentum without overwhelm. Gina is the founder of, of Gina Clark Creative, an online community that provides creative resources and coaching for people looking to ignite their creativity. Gina especially loves to help left-brained creatives and analytic artists, just like her and believes that embracing, embracing your creativity is the ultimate act of self-care. She lives in Kenora with her husband, three kids, two cats, and a very active mini Australian shepherd. Welcome, Gina. We're so happy to have you here. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here today. So let's jump right in. What the heck is a creativity coach and what do you do? Uh, well, a creativity coach um, basically is a support person for anyone who uh, thinks they're creative or doesn't know how to be creative. Um, someone who was creative earlier in their life and, uh, you know, adulting. <laughs> And, and other things, uh, jobs and all those kinds of fun things got in the way um, and they don't know how to get back to it. Um, it's for professionals who maybe feel blocked or have lost their way um, or, or they're just not finding joy in the process anymore. A uh, creativity coach can help um, bring the fun into, into creativity or introduce you to that fun if, if you're just starting out on your journey. I love that. Yeah, I, as you're speaking and I'm reflecting on the, some of the issues that we work with in our clients, and isn't it true that we often 
push the things off the side of our plate when we become too busy. And, and, and a lot of times it's anything that um, resonates with the word creativity that we just think, oh, I don't have time for that. When, when those aspects of ourselves really help us you know, meet up again with our authenticity, that creativity is one of those qualities of being real. And it's, um, so yeah, how do you find your way back to that if you've lost it or you're trapped in perfectionism or, or other things like, you know, other, um, you know, just, I can think of a lot of different traps that we can get fall, fall into, but yeah, really, really excited to hear um, how, and the way you work with your clients. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's, um, sorry, uh, just, just to build on that a little bit. Um, that's exactly it. We do trap ourselves. Um, you know, we're our own worst enemy uh, when it comes to these things. And, and so many of us, I think, feel that um, something like creativity is, is frivolous. Um, it, and it, it does, get put on the back burner it's put at the bottom of the pile um, and I think for women especially uh, it's really hard to take that time and not you know have guilt around taking that time for themselves that's really interesting Gina because you know in the in you know when I sort of read your your bio and introduced you um, is you know one of the things that you say is that creativity is the ultimate act of self-care yet you just described it as something that we think is frivolous and 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 it's so interesting to me that you know self truly self care and the act of doing something that lights us up that brings us joy in our culture in our society is is deemed as not important that's sort of what falls off the plate first and and then we wonder, then we wonder why we're so exhausted and we wonder why we don't have a whole lot of joy in our life. And we wonder why, you know, what's my purpose? What's missing? Well, maybe because we don't really pay attention to those things that are so important to us. So I love, I absolutely love the way that you describe that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And also, I'm wondering if you could um, tell us a bit more about what does it mean, left brain creatives and analytic artists? Sure. Um, so I'm kind of describing myself there. And, and okay. I know that we, we, you know, we've kind of dispelled the myth of having a, a right brain and a left brain that work independently. Um, but I think a lot of people still use those terms left-brained and right-brained um and i i never felt um i never felt like i quite fit anywhere mm. because on the one hand i am very left-brained and analytical and i'm good at um those types of tasks uh and very organized um all, all of that kind of stuff but on the other hand i also felt this tug inside me to be more creative. Um, so I, and it, and it was very difficult for me. It was very difficult for me to, to realize. I mean, it, it was much later in my life where I realized I could be both. 
and I didn't have mm. to choose one side over the other. Um, so for me, it really brings me a lot of um, happiness to help people who are similar. Um, I mean, I, I work with anyone who, who would like the services of a creativity coach, but um, I think it's especially difficult for people who are more uh, analytical to get in touch with their creative side because it's not, I, I don't think that they fit into uh, society's um, vision of what a creative person looks like. And, and you know, there's another myth. Um, there is no, there is no creative type. Um, but I do think it's, and, and I think we're gonna talk about this a, little, a bit more as our conversation continues, but um, I, think it's, I think it's harder for people who, who don't fit into that mold um, and that definition that society's created. So sort of that, you know, um, fly by the seat of their pants, um, messy, messy mind, you know, messy creative brings beautiful work and, and they have, you know, substance issues and, and very uh, fiery relationships and, and all of those other things. And um, there's so many of us out there that aren't like that, but we're still creative. Ah, okay. I love how you have shattered some of those myths. They're just, you know, they, you know, and what's coming up for me is our emotional minds versus our rational minds. And what I, what I think I hear you saying is like, they can work very well together if you, if you are open to that. And if you give yourself permission, you don't have to be one or the other. It's not that black and white, but they can integrate very well together. That gives, that brings me a lot of hope <laughs> to hear you say that. Because um, I, I really resonate with what you said, because and when in working with clients, Suzanne and I, often people want to stay in their minds in the, um, to work through problems, give me an answer, what's the solution, um, very intellectual cognitive process. And the way that Suzanne and I work with clients is, is, you know, getting away from that, like, it's, it's an important part, but only a part and the other part is dropping down into our, you know, our feelings, emotions, intuition, the, more of the creative energies. So to hear you say that it's, that they coexist together, really, I really love that. Yeah. Yeah, and, and you know, when you were talking about the myth, the image that came to mind, Gina, was, you know, the beret, and the scarf, right? The sort of, you know, eclectic, the real eclectic, that's the artist. And that's what we envision. And when we don't see ourselves painted that way, then we, we can't imagine that we too can be creative, right? Like, how do you go? And, and it's part of you know, having, and sometimes it's part of having sort of that fixed mindset is how do you go from, you know, crunching um, an Excel spreadsheet, if you're, you're a mathematician and accountant, to picking up a brush, and just allowing the creative energy to flow. And, and, and that is, that's the key. 
Yeah. And I like, and, and even, you know, there's, there's creativity in mathematics and crunching numbers on a spreadsheet too. And I don't think people give themselves credit for um, using creative thinking in those types of way. It's not always about picking up a paintbrush. Um, you know, like I don't paint, but that's, that's, that myth is something that held me back for a really long time was, you know, you don't do these three things. So are you an artist? Um, but I am. So uh, it, it's absolutely about opening yourself up to, you know, new definitions and new ways of looking at things. Mm. I sure wish my math teacher would have known that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm being creative. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, mean, I, I know my answer is really creative <laughs> oh you've opened up so many possibilities Gina for us but I want to I want to pick up a little bit yeah. about what you said Carmen um just because I really do see the alignment between what Gina does and the work that we do because really what we do is we you know we we bring people into a more somatic experience where they're actually experiencing um, and I'll, I'll use the word flow again, because that's what it is. There's, there's energy, you know, um, there's, there's the, the flow from all of our parts, mind, body, and spirit. And for me, this is about incorporating all three of them, which is actually so beautifully aligned with, you know some of the work that that we do Carm and um and mm. and I, I I I love that we're having the opportunity to open up a dialogue around that and and to just open up the possibilities that exist when um you know when we're able to just just open up our minds and um and and think differently have new new perceptions that's that's a plug for your business car new perceptions um so so tell us a little bit more then about the kaizen muse philosophy so so you've given me the perfect segue into that by talking about the way you guys work with your clients because that's exactly what kaizen muse is is it's 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 very focused on uh, intuition, uh, listening to that little voice, um, listening to how you feel, how your body feels, um, and moving into that flow state. Um, mm. and, and what's interesting is, uh, the word Kaizen is actually, it's a Japanese term. Um, that's, uh, a, it's very well known in business. It's a business term. Um, and, and it was, I think, it was Toyota that started with it um, a few decades ago, but it was about making continual improvements to their processes to create change, but doing it in a very slow manner, taking mm -hmm. small steps so that the change wasn't overwhelming. Um, so what, what the word Kaizen means and the way we use it when we're coaching is, is taking small steps so that we don't trigger our brain's fear response which can shut mm -hmm. down our progress. Um, so it, it is about tapping into, you know, what's the, the next small thing that I can do and what feels right. 
it's not about pushing ourselves into unknown territory. We're probably going to get to unknown territory, but we're going to do it in a really small, kind, gentle way. Um, so that, so that we don't stop ourselves in our tracks before we even get going. Um, so, so the Kaizen part of it is really about, you know, small creative wins and, and getting that creative momentum, uh, so that you want to continue. Um, and then the muse part of it is, uh, that's something the founder of Kaizen Muse, Jill Badonsky, uh, who's been doing this work for about 20 years, um, she wrote a book called The Nine Modern Day Muses and a Bodyguard, which is absolutely fabulous. And I recommend it to, to anyone. Um, but she decided it was time to create some, some modern muses to help creatives uh, channel these muses when they needed to. Um, so as you go through the book, there's different muses. She has one called Lull, for example, which means you know taking breaks, uh, rejuvenation, reflection time that's part of it it's all very kind again the bodyguard is 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 someone who's your protector um so when you're hearing you know critical thoughts either from yourself or from uh someone outside of you uh the bodyguards there to sort of be that shield for you it's really invoking these um these muses to help you along in your creative journey so when you take the two things together You've got sort of the inspiration, but you also have the small steps. And it is, it, I mean, self-kindness is really the whole key to this whole philosophy. So again, if we go back to this, you know, quote unquote, left brain creative or the more analytic person, and I, you know, I speak from experience, of course, um, um, you're not always kind to yourself when you're trying to get, you're very goal oriented often and it's very like you know just get it done like suck it up and do it um and and one thing that Jill always asks is there is there a kinder way to ask yourself that is there a kinder way to get to where you want to go um and that's like that's really not how I'm wired um so it, it took some time for me to open up to the idea of doing this, but it works, it works. And it, it makes it so much less scary. Um, yeah, that's, so I just fell in love with the philosophy. And as soon as I, I saw and read about it, I thought, yeah, this is, this is what I want to do. Yeah. There are so many things I want to pick up on, Gina. It's, it's, there are just so many things. But the first, I know, but the first thing I want to say is you are speaking our language because Carmen and I are compassionate inquiry mm -hmm. practitioners. And so we've, the last couple of years, we've been, you know, working um, within a compassionate approach. And that's exactly what you spoke about is we are naturally, uh, well, I won't say it this way. Many of us, are so hard on ourselves and we and we've got this inner critic that is just constantly constantly beating us up you're not good enough try harder you know why did you do this and what we know now and and science is really proving that um and we're understanding more about brain development and how our brain works but really the key isn't actually 
befriending and, and, and learning that, you know, those parts of us that, that do beat us up actually do have a purpose. So let's, let's just start being really gentle with them. Let's start being kind to them so that we can, we can tame them. And it's when we start working, you know, uh, with a compassionate lens through those parts of ourselves that we, the healing begins and the growth begins and we start to open up to things that we never thought were possible before. So love, love, love the, the philosophy. Yes, it aligns so well with our practices as compassionate inquiry practitioners. And even in the current book that Suzanne and I are working on, Returning to Real, we, we have a whole chapter dedicated to the, the inner critic and the other chapters to the other subpersonalities that get in the way of our creativity. So the fact that your approach uses that kindness, compassionate, and the muses um, as a way to look at them differently and to accept them with kindness and compassion is, is, is very pow powerful and really the only way to, to be creative, isn't it? Because if you're using all your energy to, to try to push that away or stuff it down or numb it with, with other ways, then that's exasperating and tiring and there's no energy left for creativity. So just love the way that that the kaizen muse philosophy approaches creativity yeah beautiful beautiful mm. yeah when you when you um when you guys were talking about light and fun um when you introduced the podcast for the summer i thought that's exactly that's kaizen muse that's what we want that's what we're trying to achieve is we're trying to make creativity light and fun and not take ourselves so seriously and not take our creativity so seriously um, and one thing uh, Jill says a lot, and I love it, I borrow it all the time, is just make something small and crappy. Who cares? <laughs> it doesn't have to be a masterpiece. It doesn't have to be a huge oil painting or a novel. Just make something small and crappy and keep doing that. And something that. beautiful is going to come out of that. That's creativity. So here's one of the favorite things yeah. that, I, that, that I believe is you don't need to be good at something for it to be good for you. And that's what I just heard Absolutely. you say, right? Whatever, just yeah. put it together. It doesn't matter. I want to pick up on something else that you said, Gina, because I actually had a bit of a light bulb moment when you were talking and describing Kaizen. I took lean training a few years ago. And I absolutely, and I, I am what you did too, right, Karen? I am one of these people that actually loved lean. It made so much sense to me and not to you. <laughs> so I was actually not me. I was <laughs> conflicted by that. I was conflicted because how is it that a social worker's brain can love a process like lean, but lean is really a, a derivative of Kaizen. I'm probably not, I'm probably not making that link correctly, but I know that there's a, a, a huge Kaizen influence 
in lean. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was the part that made sense to me. So when you sort of expanded my thinking a couple of minutes ago, Gina, around, hey, you know, you can do math and still be creative. That's how I felt about lean. Because while it was very process driven for me, it was extremely creative, extremely creative. And I, I, I remember like in, you know, the work that I was doing at the time, just looking at this massive board and you'll remember that carved the board in my office, right? The massive board that had all of these. So to people, to others coming into my office, it was a mess to me. It was a beautiful creation and and I could see all of the possibilities in it. So, so I love that you mentioned Gina, that, you know, creativity doesn't need picking, doesn't need to be picking up the paintbrush. It can actually be something quite analytical, but if we're open to it, and if we allow for the flow, uh, creativity can permeate. That reminds me, Suzanne, yes, your walls were all whiteboards, just completely all whiteboards. And then last (laughs) fall, when we got together to just start about, to talk about this new book, we went to your office and where we had another whiteboard out in where that that analytical side of of the flow of mapping out the process the framework we had to sort of have that overarching framework before we could settle into the creative part of the the writing part so and it's it's that initial framework has completely changed from then but it was at least it was a starting point so I can see I can see what you mean about the dance that you do with the analytical side, right? And the right brain side, like it's, it's a dance. It's a beautiful dance. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, yeah, it is. So, Whiteboards yeah. are a beautiful dance. <laughs> <laughs> um, so Gina, what inspired you to become a creativity coach? Um, well, I touched on it a little bit earlier when I talked about, uh, you know, my struggles. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, I had actually went to school um, and got an art history degree a long time ago. Um, I had initially I'd wanted to work in, uh, you know, as a curator, um, which I like, you know, as an aside, I think that that was uh, being scared to step into my artist self. <laughs> so I'm just going to, you know, work alongside artists, but I'm, uh. I'm not brave enough to actually become the artist yet. But um, my life actually took a few, few different turns um, and I didn't end up there. Um, but I had a, I struggled a lot with, uh, feeling like I needed to do something creative, but not knowing how or what and thinking I didn't have the time. Um, And this went on for years. And what happened was, um, I want to touch again on something that you had said, Suzanne, about, you know, or or I can't remember if it was you, Carmen, about working, you know, working with your feelings. And when you're not expressing your full self, 
it really can impact you. Um, and, and it was impacting me physically and emotionally mm. um, by not being true to myself and, and letting myself explore and do these things. Um, and, and I just didn't, I just didn't know how I had put up these, these roadblocks in my mind that, you know, like you don't paint, you don't draw well, how are you going to do this? You, you, you're not a professional artist. And I had this vision of, you know, if I wanted to be a quote unquote artist, I had to leave my family and move to Paris and like write in cafes. Otherwise it didn't count. Um, <laughs> Yeah, which is just, you know, it's laughable and silly now. Um, but that's really how I felt. And I really felt that, I really felt guilty um, about wanting to take that time for myself to do it. Mm. And uh, I just got to a point where I said, okay, enough's enough. I'm getting, you know, I'm inching towards 50 and uh, it's time to stop this. And it's time to do what I want. Um, and I trained my family to, you know, do without me for an hour or two every now and again. Um, they kind of struggled mm. at first because they were like, what's mom doing? <laughs> and, uh, you know, they don't take it personally anymore. Mm. Um, so Beautiful. that's another thing I like to teach people is, you know, training others how to, how to treat them so that they have time for things that they love. Um, and, uh, yeah, I, I just, I finally came to the realization because the other thing was, you know, I didn't know what to pick, like what, what kind of creative am I? And, and finally I was like, you're, you're whatever you want to be. Mm. You just love creativity. You know, like I didn't, I, I, I'm not a, I don't, I hate putting myself in boxes. Like I really do. Um, and I, I struggled with that for years and years and years. Um, and I, yeah, I finally got to the point where I said, like, there are no boxes, mm. like take your boxes and, and shove them. And, uh, I, I'm going to do what I want to do and be what I want to be. And, uh, I want to help other people do the same thing. Cause I think so many people struggle with that. There's so much guilt and shame around, around creativity, um, for so many people. Um, so yeah, I, I want to support them with moving through that. That's really profound. You know, when you say mm. there's so much guilt and shame around creativity and, and I think I'd add, there's so much guilt or for me saying it another way is there's so much guilt and shame around being authentic, being you, knowing what drives you, knowing what it lights you up, knowing what you want, what you need. And, and I think it's incumbent upon us to have these types of conversations more often, more freely, just, just to open up the dialogue around, you don't need a damn box, right? We don't. And there's a good reason. Mm -hmm. Just, I want to be clear, there is a good reason why we have those boxes. And part of the work that we do, that Carmen and I do, is, is in starting to open up the boxes, right? Why do you have the box? How is this helping you? How is this protecting you? But once that starts to open up, then, you know, we 
we can shed, we can shed those limitations that we place on ourselves. Such, such an important thing to talk. Yes. Thank you for saying that, Gina. Yeah, and really profound. I echo that belief too. You know, you mentioned creating that space for a couple hours a day and your family having to adapt. That's beautiful, um, you know, reclaiming what you need. And we teach people how to treat us, don't we? And setting healthy boundaries like that is good for everyone involved. And also teaching your family that that's what they need to do for themselves too. For, yeah. Um, and yeah, you don't have to fly to Paris and sit in a cafe <laughs> to become a creative. Um, and that gives me permission. Hearing you say that also gives me permission um, that I, you know, I don't have to be an expert at this or an expert at that. I can, you know, dabble in whatever I, whatever moves me in the moment and it might be crap, but that's okay. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Gina, you've talked about what creativity means to you. Um, but what do you think it means it would mean to our world? And how do you imagine our world if we were just a more if we were just more creative and just allowed that creativity to flow? I think if we were allowed to freely be our creative selves, that a lot of the a lot of the pain in the world would fall away. Um, I, mm -hmm. I think a lot of um, a lot of times when people aren't very nice or they're, you know, obsessed with power or or other things like that, um, there's something inside them that's not fulfilled, and a lot of times. Um, Creativity is a part of that. Like it, it's a, it's a, it's a base elemental part of our being. And if we are not honoring that, it, it, it's going to impact us. Just like I talked about, it was impacting me physically and emotionally. Um, and I think there's so many people, I mean, you don't hear people, you know, they're working their jobs and doing whatever. You don't hear people going like, oh, you know, I can't wait to retire so I can, you know, work with more spreadsheets or it, there, there's always something. There's woodworking, there's, you know, there's crafting, there's quilting, there's cooking, there's so many gardening. It, it all comes down to creative things is really what we as humans want to be doing. Um, so I think it, it, it is something that could really change the world for the better. I really do. And, and when I, you know, you introduced me in, in the ultimate act of self-care, I, I truly believe that it is. Um, you know, I think comes... so many therapies are based on creativity too. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. What comes up for me, Gina, when I hear you talk is Carmen and I have been, um, I'll say really uh, profoundly influenced by the work of Dr. Gabor Mate. And he wrote his book, When the Body Says No, which is the, uh, you know, um, a stress, mind-body stress connection. 
and and we are so there's so much disease in our world now as a result of the stress that we take on and don't process um, and that re resides in our body. And what came to mind was creativity can be such an incredible release of that stress. And, you know, if we were to tap into that, we may be in a position where um, we may not deal with some of the diseases that we have because we'd have an outlet. We have an outlet for stress. Yeah, precisely. I love how you said that. Mm, yes, our body does keep the score, whether we are um, aware of it or not. And if we aren't giving ourselves permission for to, to feel our feelings, um, to tap into those body sensations, then there, our grief and other emotions will get trapped in there some, somewhere in our body. And yes, we need to be able to feel it, express it. And a lot of time people don't have words for what they're feeling or you know, they just, it's so hard to articulate, or you maybe not have had the, um, the memory recall at the time, something traumatic, for example, happened to you, but yet your body remembers. So being able to express it creatively, whether that's through dance or painting or writing, whatever, just anything to get it to up and out. And, and that's a part of the healing journey. Absolutely. Yeah, it absolutely so is. That, I'm, I'm going to pick up. Oh, go ahead, Gina. I was just going to I was just going to say that um, that's a good point um, that you remind me of. Is is uh, what I do is about process. It's not about product. Um, it's not about um, you know. I have this goal to write a novel. And I want you to help me do it in two months and, and push me and, and that's, that's not, that's not what I do. Um, I help people with the creative process. The product mm -hmm. is just the side effect of that. Um, and, and I'm confident that working on the process will get you the product that you want. Um, but again, it's going to be in a kind way. And it's going to be in an intuitive way and it's going to be in a way that feels good and light and fun for you instead of like uh you know torturous um so yeah and and so you know maybe that is what it you so <laughs> by focusing on the process it's helping you process mm -hmm. what you absolutely need to. yeah that's therapy <laughs> yeah yes and often we want the the solutions the quick fixes the answers and, but what sometimes we have a hard time understanding is in order to get there, you it's the process that gets you there to the end point. Yeah. And you can't just jump to the end point without the process. Yeah. The magic is there actually. Exactly. Mm -hmm. yeah. The magic is there. I love that. Love that. Mm -hmm. One of the things one of the things you say, Tina, is 
um, creativity requires the courage to let go of certainty. Tell us more about that. Sure. Um, so that is actually a quote and I can't remember who it is by. <laughs> I, I'll send that to you guys afterwards. So if you want to put it in your show notes, I certainly don't want to take credit for that. Um, uh, but that is what it's all about. It's creative creativity. It's, it's the, it's the great unknown in so many ways, right? Like you, you can have all kinds of plans. I think that it's so humbling because you can have so, so many plans and ideas about exactly what your end product's going to look like. Um, but if you just let go of that certainty and see where the process takes you, what mm. you can get in the end is just absolutely magic and something that you've never even imagined. Um, I mean, I'm sure we've all had experiences in our lives when things have happened like that. I mean, our life itself is like that, right? You have this idea of, you know, this is what my life's going to look like, or my life will be perfect if I get X job or X degree or X partner. Um, and then things don't work out as planned. But in the end, you know, I think a lot of times we look back and say, that's the best thing that could have happened to me because all of these other things wouldn't have happened. And the creative process is exactly like that. Um, so yeah, letting go of certainty is scary, but, um, but I think it's necessary. And that's, again, where Kaizen Muse can help and where creativity coaching can help because it can help, you know, relax that fear response when you start letting go of that certainty and, and moving into the unknown. Well, certainty is an illusion, isn't it? Well, and I think, you know, again, speaking from experience, <laughs> us left brainers, we kind of like to control things. I think we, we uh, more than others, hold on to that illusion of certainty. Um, so you got to break that down um, and, and let it go. And that's what creativity coaching can do for you. The gentle process. Yes release yeah. some of that mm. control and allow the flow. Mm. I love that. And I've, I've heard you say the word fear a couple times in our conversation. And when I think of um, fear on a continuum, you know, fear and, and joy over here, they're kind of a, you can't be in both at the same time. Right. And um, the fear can stop us from, creativity and engaging in creative practices so yeah it's it's let it's um fear could be um a defensive trauma response um and and ways to allow yourself to respond rather than react is is to pause and i hear kaizen is very mindfulness present in the moment rather being attached to the outcome Right. And so you're you're really mindful and present and being in that space um, separates separates you from the fear as well and allow and invites creativity. Yeah. Hmm. yeah sure. So tell us a little bit more about that mindfulness link. Yeah. Yeah. Um, sure. Actually, I'm going to I'm going to. I'm going to jump on a couple of things that, that you said 
One is the fear. I think that that's the number one thing that holds people back from being more creative. And mm. when we think about some of the things that, that stop our creativity or block it, um, they're actually very common. Um, so that's something that we do in our session is we, we, we normalize that for people because I think people think I'm the only one. I'm the only one that's that's stuck in this way. I'm the only one that's thinking like this. But it, you know, it, it's not true. Um, there's professional artists that that they have the same types of thoughts going through their heads um, that they have to grapple with. But when you think about perfectionism or overwhelm or creative resistance or um, any of those things, it all comes down. It's all fear based in the end. Um, so that's what I, I love about, about Kaizen is, is how it takes you out of that fear and, and hopefully, you know, doesn't trigger it. Um, but yeah, the mindfulness, um, I, I think that, I, sorry, I think that's what, something else that drew me to this, this particular um, uh, kind of creativity coaching because it was so mindful. Um, even the sessions themselves, they're very focused on what, what's happening in the session. There's not a lot of, um, it's not very future focused or past focused. We're not looking at, you know, okay, what happened to you and, and why are you here? Um, or, you know, let's map out a plan for the next four weeks. It, it, it's not that at all. Um, we typically do um, an exercise right in the session of some sort. So for example, um, I'll walk through a session that I did actually that, uh, that somebody coached me through. Um, I had a story that I had written a short story I'd started uh, about three years earlier, actually. Um, and I never finished it. And it had, it had always bothered me that I hadn't finished it. So there was something there that was you know, and I tried all kinds of things. I tried, you know, uh, giving myself some sort of uh, carrot to, you know, if you finish it, you can let yourself have this or give myself <laughs> deadlines and all kinds of tricks and nothing worked. I just mm -hmm. couldn't, I couldn't go back to it. Um, so I brought that into our session. Typically we start a session and say, what is it that you're not working on that you'd like to be? Um, and, and I brought up this story. So um, immediately what my coach asked me to do, asked me if I would like to uh, find my story and take a look at it. Um, so instead of saying, you know, go try to find your story this week. And then when we talk next week, we'll get into it. We do it right in the session. Um, and, and this was something that had been a block for me. I'd built this up into this huge, because I had changed computers and I was like, I'm never going to be able to find it. And it's just going to be this big ordeal and it's probably terrible anyway. And, and I don't have an hour to waste. And uh, within three minutes, I found the story uh, and opened it up. So all of that resistance and fear that I had bottled up inside of me, just like it was gone immediately. Um, mm. And I took a look at it and I was like, wow, there's actually something here to work with um so then she asked me why why I had left it why hadn't I 
gone back to it and, and what did I think the next step was. And I, I surprisingly became very emotional about this story, um, which was, it, it was a personal story, but there wasn't anything I'll say, you know, too emotionally triggering about it, I thought. But what the underlying thing was that came up uh, was that I was really worried about what my mom was going to say when she read it. And, and it wasn't, there wasn't anything in it that was, you know, on the surface I should be worried about. But for mm. some reason, that's what had got me stuck. Um, and I didn't even realize it. Uh, so it, it was absolutely amazing that that all happened in a matter of about 20 minutes. Mm. Um, and I was absolutely stunned because I wasn't expecting it. So, I, I mean, the mindfulness part of it is you are in it, in the session, doing it. You're not, um, I think it, it just, I think creativity itself is so mindful because it takes you out of your head if you let it. This is about getting back into that flow state, right? If you let it. Um, and, and it can be so healing because you're not ruminating and you're not thinking about things. And again, that's where a creativity coach can help because it can help you. If you do have that fear and rumination happening, they can help you move through that so that you get back to that place where you are created very mindfully. And, and it, it really is, you know, again, therapeutic. So and I did, I did have to, I had to go back. I let that story sit again, just as an aside for another three months or so, but I went back to it and finished it. And I actually submitted it to a, a contest, which had been my original goal, but um, yeah. And like, nice. it, it, it's just the fact that I got it out there, but I don't think I ever would have um, if I hadn't worked with a creativity coach. Um, so yeah, she absolutely brought me into that mindful space. And the other thing that that um, I typically do uh, in a session, if it feels right, and if the client wants to do it, is we do a guided relaxation. So we, um, you know, have people really get into their body and close their eyes and, and work through um, just just a guided relaxation for, for 10 minutes or so. Um, and usually we try to use something that the client has talked about in the session. Um, see if they can get some clarity around it we usually end that with um either an exercise where they write something down or draw something or you know usually people get some sort of message out of that that they they weren't expecting so again it's really bringing yourself into that moment um yeah what a beautiful story gina thank you so much mm -hmm. for sharing that with us and when you were telling the story, I was thinking of a podcast that I listened to. I think I was on the weekend and it's Byron Katie. And <clears throat> she said, all suffering occurs in the past or in the future. There is no suffering in the present moment. And that to me is what you described is when you were able to actually focus within the session in that present moment, you that's the space where you were able to release that, I'll call it stuckness, right? You were able to tap into that fear that you weren't really even conscious of. 
And that's, that's really where the healing occurs. And through that, it unleashed, right? It unleashed what was holding you back. Such a beautiful, powerful story. Thank you. And what I heard was she created a safe place and your, your approach creates a very safe and compassionate place because it's all about safety. Nobody's going to allow themselves to go there if they don't feel that safety and, and what a beautiful way to do it. Um, and as you were talking um, this afternoon, I think you've mentioned um, some of the steps, um, but are there five concrete steps that you use are there names for the steps or um well the steps actually are something that I created so that that's okay. um that's something you can get on my website it's called okay. five steps to unlocking your creativity um so that's just a free guide you can get and it, it I really created it to help people um who are feeling stuck or who are feeling joyless in their creativity um for those who don't know where to start. So um, there, there are five concrete exercises that are very simple, very easy um, that you can work through. You can pick one that appeals to you. Um, I, that's another beautiful thing about Kaizen Muse. There's no rules in that way. I'm not gonna say like, you have to do the five steps in order um, because you right. don't, if you read four of them and you think that, I. I don't want to do that, then don't do it and uh, choose the one that looks good to you. Um, and, and it's just uh, trying to help people, you know, think outside of their box <laughs> and, mm. and do things a little differently and just, just try stuff to, to get, get back into that flow or, or try to get into the flow. So, and I love yeah. that because often people don't know where to start. So if you're, yeah. if you've provided some, some chart or some examples of any one of those five practices. That's beautiful because that kind of, is that one of those baby steps that you talked about earlier, right? And it's all about taking those baby steps in the, in the process. So, and I think people um, do struggle to, you know, what do they hook into? And so that that's a nice way of, of allowing that, giving people permission to just, okay, try one of these, nice. Mm -hmm. And you're speaking my language, you know, when you say it's a process that has no rules. I don't want rules anymore. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, yeah. I mean, our sessions and, and our, I was just going to say it's very client based. Um, I would always ask somebody if they want to do something, if I'm suggesting something, um, mm -hmm. you're free to say no that's not feeling right for me right now. I love it. I absolutely love it. I have been so inspired by our chat today, by our conversation. And I am really, really, really hoping that you agree to come back because I feel like I have so much more to learn. And there's a sense that this is really just the tip of the iceberg. The tip of the iceberg for understanding what a creativity coach does. But for me, a tip of the iceberg for actually uh, starting or continuing to tap into my own creativity. 
but I also get the sense that it's the tip of the iceberg for where you're going, Gina, and some of the amazing things that, that you have in mind. So, um, so thank you from, um, certainly from my perspective. Yes, thank you very much. You've um, given me permission to, I don't know, to maybe take some more risk and to just be raw, risky and real, um, something that we love to do here. And I just love this approach. It resonates so, so well with the way Suzanne and I feel and think and, and try to live. So it has been our pleasure to to have you as a guest today and to get to know you. And I echo Suzanne's thoughts. I hope that you come back and we can dive deeper into this creative process ourselves. Mm, absolutely. Thank you so much. I, I would be pleased to come back again. This was so much fun. Um, I love talking to you ladies. Um, and yeah, I think, I think we're walking parallel paths with what we're doing. So this is, this is really a lot of fun. Yeah, I think I think there's a road trip in the future. Carmen, we're going to head to Kenora. <laughs> Sounds How's good. That? We're, we're going to go to Kenora. <laughs> we're okay. going to go to Kenora. <laughs> in, the, in the summer. In the yeah. summer, yeah. Right, in the summer. <laughs> in between block five seasons. Gina, tell us where, tell our listeners where they can reach you. Sure. Um, you can find me at my website, which is ginaclarkcreative.com. Um, you can find me on Instagram at Gina Clark creative. Um, and I also have a, a Facebook group called the creativity collab. So if you're interested in joining that, that is, um, a safe space. That's what I, I want it to be for people, uh, to come share their creative wins, um, share their creative roadblocks. If they have any, get support, um, meet other creatives, uh, and it's, it's open to everyone. So I would love to see you in there. Wonderful. Thank you. Thank you, Gina. Thank you to our listeners. Um, and uh, we'll be posting our next uh, Returning to Real Summer um, series in a couple of weeks. Have a great day, everybody. Thank you for listening to today's podcast. If you've enjoyed today's discussion, please like and share with others. We invite you to explore the many other We Are Three topics filled with insights to guide you through your life's journey.